Hi, I'm Maria Thea Harris or VeloSos on social media. Welcome back to So Over 50 podcast on So Organized Style. Stay listening. So Organized Style podcast acknowledges traditional owners of country throughout Australia. We pay our respects to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures and to the elders past, present and emerging. Thanks for joining us on So Over 50 podcast on So Organized Style. So Over 50 intersects with all communities. We're a community that is so over ageism. Thanks for coming back, everyone. Today, we're talking to Alison or Alibobs underscore sews on Instagram. She's today's guest. She's a really good friend to many sewers, both locally and online. Hi, Alison. It's so good to see you again. Hi, lovely to see you too. I feel I should point out that I'm not over 50 yet, <laughs> although obviously I know lots of the sewers who are and actually find the so over 50 posts on how to use instagram actually quite useful a bit embarrassing for <laughs> a young person i'm glad that a that you find the technical posts on instagram that sandy does and, and judith does very useful and i'm also really pleased that you've said that you're not 50 yet because so over 50 intersects with all communities so you know everybody is welcome to take part in the podcast to take part in the conversations on Sober 50 on Instagram and all that sort of thing. So yeah, obviously with So Over 50, whether I feel closer to them than to the really young, trendy people just starting out on Instagram. It's all good. Now, I was looking at some of your personal achievements and you had an article published in Threads magazine. So that was issue 212. On the last page of Threads, they have someone telling their story about what sewing means to them so I just got in touch and with my idea I did get lots of feedback from threads themselves saying people found it moving mm -hmm. emotional personal history is my mum passed away when I was four years old and then 30 years later I got breast cancer as well and it was as I was embroidering and kind of doing things stuck on the sofa, sort of realised that that's what she'd been doing when she'd been ill. So, yeah, the article is just all about that sort of connection and in a weird way, how going through the same illness my mum had gone through, it made a connection that obviously I hadn't had previously because I was so young when she passed. Embroidery as your connection with your mum during your own breast cancer treatment is such a strong bond to her. And so when you talk about the fact that you were doing embroidery, was that something that you learned as a young girl or was that something that you de developed as you grew up? I think I'd learned some embroidery when I was kind of a child. So my grandma taught me all my crafts and then I'd kind of done little bits, but then as a young adult, I've got more into it. And then, yeah, when I was diagnosed with cancer, basically just got the stitch dictionary and that was just a way to fill time and working through all the different stitches that I could find. It sounds like you had something that gave you joy and built on memories that you now have and that you now cherish. I mean, some of it was just that kind of something to do, but I did do a few pieces directly linked to sort of cancer. So I made a vase and each time I had treatment, I put a different flower in it. And it would be after each treatment, once I was well enough to sit up and sew, I'd be like, okay, now I can do this flower. And then once it was finished, it's kind of a beautiful piece after all that kind of hardship. And I also did a portrait inspired by someone who was doing a project where she kind of pixelated pictures of cancer patients. Mm -hmm. And I kind of went, that looks like black work embroidery. So I turned that picture into kind of a portrait and 
added in sort of graphs from all my blood tests and things <laughs> to sort of show the journey kind of things that maybe don't scream cancer but they've got the backstory to it and listeners can find those pieces that you did on your Instagram account yeah the Instagram account that we can see is alibobs underscore sews and that's your public account how did you develop that name I mean alibobs was just a nickname from university mm-hmm. that just randomly I was given and stuck with me and then yeah that's obviously I work as a teacher, so I've got my private account and then one just for the sewing. Now that we've talked about the fact that you sew clothes as well as embroidery, do you have a preference? I think I like them both in different ways. And obviously sewing clothes is kind of the part where it's practical. In preparation for this, I was looking to see when did I start sewing. And I think it's this year will be 10 years since I consciously decided to see if I could not buy clothes for a year. And then after that year came up, I was like, I tried to buy clothes and I couldn't because they didn't fit. And I kind of, I suppose I got so used to fitting things to me that things in shops were just awful. Mm-hmm. Sewing clothes is obviously that necessity as well as enjoyable. But then embroidery is that thing that you can kind of just use your imagination. And I just like it as sort of doodling and exploring. And it's obviously not tied into making it fit. and the kind of practicality is that if something's kind of not quite right you can just tweak it and it's just that thing to kind of be busy with your hands when you're watching tv because I cannot just sit still and just watch a movie (laughs) I have to have something in my hands to fiddle with I think a lot of people can identify with you know having to have something in their hands while they're Mm -hmm. doing other things when I've had sort of like problems with my hands and I've been sort of asking people like, well, what, what do you do? What do you do in the evening? And they're like, watch TV. And I'm like, but what do you do while you're watching TV? I just sort of really struggle being like, just sitting still and doing nothing else. You've got to keep your hands busy. And as a teacher, it's pretty evident that you invest in your skills when it comes to sewing as well, because you, you have done quite a bit of learning. I do think when I've been to classes, it does highlight all the things that I'm telling my four-year-old students to do, to be resilient, just keep trying. And then as me as a learner, I'm like, I get too impatient. So for years, I've been trying to learn a different style of knitting that's not so hard on my joints, but I just give up because every time I'm like, this is really slow compared to the way that I know how to do it. And yeah, I do feel a bit of a bad teacher sometimes. I'm thinking these are all the things I'm trying to say to the students like slow don't rush whereas I know that my style is very much I just desperate to get going and then halfway through I'm like oh no I shouldn't have done that I should have checked that first. (laughs) I think when I started learning to sew it wasn't such a kind of cool thing to do Mm. so there weren't as many opportunities so I knew the basics and then on Craftsy I did some courses and took my sewing to the next level. And then there are some places in London where I did some sort of in-person courses as well. I guess trying to learn the proper techniques. So I did one course with a couple of people I knew from blogs and we were all there going, yeah, we've just got the bad techniques that we've picked up from other sewing bloggers. <laughs> Whereas the teacher was very much, this is the, this is the kind of proper way to do things. <laughs> and there were things that, that we knew how to do, but we didn't know the kind of technical terms for it oh okay 
say things like, I guess on blogs, it was all about how people adjusted patterns and some people, I guess, just, they kind of see what works and share it. Say things we'd all picked up from each other and the blog world and then going into the class and being like, oh no, this is kind of (laughs) the official technical kind of sequence of doing things. And from the time that you started sewing to your sewing now, has your sewing preferences changed now that you've experienced cancer? I think some of the things that I've said, there's just been such a change in the sewing world that when I first learned to sew and went to first ever meetups, you spot anyone on the tube because it was a quilted cotton fit and flare dress. And that's what everyone was making. Whereas I guess now all the indie sewing patterns, they're like real clothes, more fashion forward than the vintage and I think just generally lifestyle changing, but post-cancer, I think the things that kind of I'm wanting to sew are slightly different and are very much kind of comfort over style, definitely. There is, because of COVID, I was due to have another operation and that's been kind of delayed indefinitely. So there's part of me that's like, I'm not, I don't want to sew really fitted kind of yeah. woven things because what if things change? So very much it's kind of lots of knits or things that I know I can just kind of tweak the fit if things change slightly. So nothing with really kind of accurate darts and things that would look a bit strange if eventually have surgery and my shape changes slightly. And so you've gone from enjoying wearing wovens to wearing knits now. Yeah, I did always like knits. I suppose it's now they're predominantly more of my wardrobe. And I think partly I've just got a bit lazy, (laughs) not wanting to kind of do all the adjustments and kind of try out the new patterns. So I have been working on a dress and I'm kind of going, oh, but I've had to make a toile and I've had to kind of just just the thinking in kind of, oh, which, which mark is the one that I kind of decided that's the one to keep. Whereas a t-shirt, yeah, straightforward. You can just kind of tweak it up a bit at the side and it's fine. Nobody notices. So some of it is just that kind of being a bit lazy or just acknowledging that, yeah, sometimes I'm just exhausted and I need a nice simple project to do. Are there any patterns that you favour the most right now? I mean, there's some that I just sort of modify. So at the moment I'm wearing like cashmere and Concord t-shirt, but it's actually turned into a dress. So all these little hacks and things. That, yeah, you're just having that one pattern that, you know, sort of fits really well. And then just depending on the mood, go, I'm just going to cut the neckline a V today. As I say, very much into kind of having the basic patterns just to know that it fits. I mean, even pre-cancer, still sort of had trouble kind of getting things to fit and then just having to do that every time on a pattern. I think that just kind of takes some of the fun out of it for me mm-hmm. that I kind of go, yeah, I want sort of more, more of a quick fix. The last time that we met was shopping at Goldhawk Road. Do you still go there? So obviously with COVID, mm-hmm. not sort of been venturing that far, but um, there have been some occasions, obviously I go past there on the bus to get to my hospital and I would kind of stop off on the way back. And that kind of, sometimes that would sort of be the treat. I mean, it, the road has changed as quite a lot of new places since I think since you last were there. Yep. But yeah, I think because with sort of COVID and sort of going, do I really need to travel that far? Yeah. It's not that far for me, but it's just that feeling of, should I be going on public transport or not? So I think I've just kind of got out of the habit and got more into online shopping. But yeah, I suppose need to get back 
into the bricks and mortar shops and support them. I agree. Alison, before we finish up, what advice do you offer people who are currently going through their cancer journey and who sew? Sewing and sort of pre-cancer, knowing my body and sort of how to make things fit. I think that sort of made it much easier to deal with different changes that were happening and it not being such a big problem if something suddenly didn't fit because I could just kind of tweak something a little bit or when things are slightly asymmetrical I could just tweak one side I should confess that I do have a wrap dress and after I had my Mm -hmm. reconstruction surgery where my stomach tissue was moved to my breasts their front hems of dresses was kind of suddenly really long and I do still have one dress it's still safety pin (laughs) it's still safety pin so that I did live in Appleton wrap dresses because they were just so comfortable and there is one where the under wrap I think it's still safety pinned up, but just I took out a little dart and yeah, I never actually got around to sewing it and that was fine. But I think it sort of really helped that I guess I understood how to sort of tweak things so it wasn't me looking in the mirror at something that was really sort of baggy and mm-hmm. unfitting. Or if I did, I knew that I could pinch a dart here or do some gathers. And it also just, I suppose sewing just gave me more options because I had a big struggle trying to find bras for post-surgery and then being told, oh, they should be like front opening. I was like, they don't exist for my size. So even if it didn't look perfect, I could just make, chop something up and make something more functional. So I think, yeah, just having that understanding of how clothes work and how they fit just made it much easier. And I didn't have to feel like, oh no, my body's wrong. I could tweak the clothes to kind of whatever stage I was going through. And also I knew how to make secret pyjamas so I could look presentable, but I was literally in tracksuit for a half a year. Yeah. <laughs> but to the outside eye, it looks like smarter trousers. And I think that's a really good uh, message for people to hear that if you are a sewist, you can make clothes work for you no matter what's happening with your body. Yeah. And then things where it can kind of take something in temporarily and then change it tweak it later on and just keep kind of adapting things so you don't have to kind of throw away your favorite fabric print Alison thank you for coming on to Sober 50s podcast to talk about your clothing embroidery and your cancer journey and the advice that you've given sewers who are currently going through what you've been through so thank you that's okay you're welcome thank you for inviting me oh anytime and it's good to see you again Yes, great to see you too and look forward to whenever we can travel internationally yes. <laughs> and get to see people in real life again. That'll be lovely. Thanks, Alison. Thank you. And have a lovely day, listeners. Listeners, if you want to be a guest editor about a topic that you wish to share with so Over 50 followers, make sure you direct message so Over 50 on Instagram. This episode of So Organised Style Podcast for So Over 50 was produced by me, Maria Theoharis, with permission of Alison, sound by bensound.com. You can subscribe to So Organised Style Podcast, but with an S, not a Z, on all good podcast apps. Make sure you go back and listen to our free So Over 50 podcast archive. And if you can, consider supporting the production of this podcast on Patreon. We look forward to joining you in your sewing room next time. Stay safe, everyone.